0: We were our sickest at home, and I think we tend to react the same way to old situations. I think maybe a definition of growth is a new reaction to an old stimulus. This is the blueprint for living, and I'm sure I would have survived without it, but coping is not the same thing as living. And I'm grateful that I was given a chance to live. I want to hear from you. I have written down some questions. If you can find 20 people that you know have done the steps, I don't want to embarrass any of you. I'd like you to step to the microphone back there. Well, raise your hand if you'd be willing to answer a question about how a certain step worked for you. Come on, I've told you everything I know. Tell me something you know. She'll hand you a question if uh, you'll raise your hand. (laughs) We, um, as always, I talked longer than I intended to, and so I will need you to speak briefly. Who has number one?
1: a minute each.
0: (laughs) Who has number one? Would you go to the microphone?
1: (laughs) That's it. Would
0: you read it and tell us your experience with it briefly, please?
2: Hmm. Was it hard for you to admit powerlessness? Why or why not? They always say you get the question meant just for you. (laughs) Um, very, very difficult for me to admit powerlessness. First of all, because, oh, Lord, it's hard to be humble when you're perfect <laughs> in every way. And I knew that he was completely powerless, but thank you very much. There was nothing wrong with me. Got it. Mm-hmm. And I have been in Al-Anon coming up to three years now, and I'm only now getting my first step out of the way and realizing that yes my life was unmanageable and I in fact am powerless and I have to get on with my life and whatever happens to him happens to him. Can you tell us your name and where you're from? My name is Kay and I'm from Orangeville and I belong to the Aaron Alanon group. All right thank you. Number two.
0: You going to number two, Nancy? Sure. I will
1: look at it. Well, would you look at it? I will.
3: <laughs> okay. Hi, my name is Nancy. And I'm a member of the Odyssey Aladdin Adult Children Group in Oakville. And my question reads Were you bothered by the word sanity in step two? <laughs> if so, how did you come to terms with the conflict? I seemed to like conflict, so um, I stuck with it a long, long time. I was so angry that someone would say that uh, you know, sanity uh, was something that I might want to seek uh, because I didn't know what it was. So my conflict was resolved by asking people what they meant. What was sanity? And it just meant being able to put one step in front of in front of the other. One of my um, shortcomings, defects, or whatever was not being able to start something and get through to the end. I simply didn't know how to do it. And that was a process in my family. It still is today in the act of disease. And uh, so the conflict became not a conflict when I found out what sanity was uh, and that I didn't know how to do it and I had to ask for help. Guidance. Thank you.
0: I said that it comes from the word meaning whole. I like thinking that I've been restored to wholeness because that's not to perfection. That's just to being a whole person, uh, warts and all. Who has number three?
1: Well, Nancy, honestly.
0: (laughs) Well, would you give number three to someone quickly?
4: I'm Peter. I, uh, my home group is the Kingsway Group in Etobicoke. Um, the uh, step two is the trust step. Does trust come easily for you? Why or why not? Um, so. Actually, to be honest with you, you taught me a lot about the difference between believing and trust <laughs> today, so I'm not so sure I can uh, honest. Uh, I, I don't think, I, I have to say it doesn't, but I think it comes very, very hard. I can believe in people. And that is very true. And when you showed me the difference between that today I can I really step forward in understanding I do not trust uh a lot. I um uh, I even question whether I trust myself sometimes even from that point of view, but definitely it's something that does not come easy. And
0: do you do you know why? Why not? Did you uh were you taught growing up that you couldn't did you learn you couldn't trust anybody? Yes. I learned that growing yeah, up. Yeah,
4: mm-hmm. as, as growing up as a rule in the family, I couldn't trust anybody yeah. um, except myself. Even, even from the point of view, I can think of many things I do uh, that I feel if I have control over something, that I am quite willing or quite certain that it will get accomplished. Mm-hmm. But if somebody else has, I have very little. Yeah, I. I if it's critical, I want to grab you that control. Bet. Yeah, me too. <laughs> anyway, thank, thank, thank you. Thank you very much for your talk. Well, thank you.
0: In 1989, the people I sponsored had a party for my 25th Alan birthday. They rented a hall, the whole thing. And I was allowed to submit a guest list, and that was it. I thought it would kill me. I mean, they might not have done it right. And I would bite my tongue and sit on my hands. They sent out red invitations. I finally couldn't stand it, and I called Stephanie, who was ramrodding it, and I said, one sentence, and she said, one Mm-hmm. I said I'd like some record of who's there. Blanche, we have a guest book. It has a place in it for photographs, and we have someone who's going to take pictures. Anything else? <laughs> oh, I have trouble delegating authority, too, and trusting. Oof, do I. Number
5: four. Hi, I'm Maureen. Hi, Hi Maureen. Hi. Uh, <laughs> Talk about surrender. I I thought uh, by waiting that I would get a number towards the end, (laughs) but she reversed them. Well, yes. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Do I surrender easily? Step three. Uh, No. (laughs) Um, And that's a trust issue, and that's a fear issue, and that's a fear of rejection issue. (laughs) Um, I'm also one of these people that likes to. write and read and um, talk and uh, my program is just beginning to move me back into action I guess in my life again and um, I don't mind talking one-on-one but actually talking in crowds now at this point in my life is scary and so this was a surrender for me to, to take a number yeah. again today
1: yeah. Very um, good.
5: I used to talk a mile a minute and then I got to the place where I actually was afraid to speak out again and um, so surrender yeah, it's um, it's choosing again to throw myself into the arms of God and trusting, mm. the loving God. Very good. Wow.
0: I remarried last September. I'll tell you. When was it? December. Well, whenever. Sometime recently, I remarried. <laughs> I had five weeks from the time we decided we'd go for it till we married. And my husband tells everyone that he had to rush me like that. If I were 20, you'd have sworn I was pregnant. That was the most hurry-up wedding. (laughs) But he said if he hadn't, I would have read 10 or 12 books about it. (laughs) I would have written extensively in my journal. I would have talked to a lot of
6: people and then backed out. And he didn't give me time to do that. Number five. Hi, I'm Colleen from Erin. Hi, Colleen. Were you apprehensive about the inventory in step four? No, I bought the book very soon after I went into Al Anon. I just opened it and then closed it, never opened it again for a couple of years. The second part of the question if so, why did you go ahead and do it? I have been blessed in my life with uh, a lot of very, very good people. Um, I had an opportunity when I was at a very low point to be given a, a week to go on a silent retreat, and I'm not a silent person at all. <laughs> um, I had two one-hour times in that week where I could speak, and it was during that time that I did my um, fourth step and felt very strong, very relaxed, very um, much ready. To go out to the world that I wanted to see, not the world that my husband, my mother, my children, that everybody else wanted to see. So um, that was a big growing time for me. Thank you. Thank you. Who has number six?
7: I'm Rick. I'm a member of the, um, Al-Anon Adult Children Group in Oakville. Hi, Rick. My question reads, what was the major benefit for you in Step 5? Uh, Step 5 was, um, a marvelous experience for me. I hadn't been in the program all that long. I had a sponsor who I trusted and, uh, cared about a great deal. And, uh, uh, the, the word that comes to mind is emptying. I was I was able to uh, empty all of this baggage that I had been carrying around about the kind of person I believed I was. And uh, I was also able, uh, through my sponsor's help, to recognize my assets uh, because my, my inventory was heavily loaded to defects. And uh, she was helpful in... Uh, in restoring that balance between looking at looking at defects and uh, uh, those gifts and and talents and assets that I have thanks
0: there are endless benefits one of the major ones for me was the woman with whom I did this first one I wanted her approval so badly and um, in spite of knowing everything about me she loved me. And I thought, if she can, God can. You know, if a mere human being can accept me with all of these defects, maybe he can too. And that was very important for me. Who has number seven?
8: Hi, I'm Lynn. I come from Windsor. Uh, I'm from the Friday Night Group, A.C., L, not A.C., Hi. I, uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Um, did you take step five with your sponsor and how do you feel about taking it with somebody else did you take step five with your sponsor Uh, no I didn't Uh, when I uh, did my fifth step I did it with a spiritual advisor he was also in the 12 step group Um, I took it because uh, he was a spiritual advisor I felt safe there and uh, I'm I'm Roman Catholic so I felt quite comfortable doing it with him and he did give me some response as well he's he talked to me. Um, and how do you feel about taking it with somebody else? Um, well, I have to be honest. And um, <laughs> the longer I'm in the program for today anyway, and, I, and this is being totally honest, I like to say that I, I feel really uh, trustworthy. Like I feel like I could trust people. But I, right now I'm at the point in my life where I don't trust a whole lot. And that's the issue that I'm dealing with. As someone else that mentioned earlier, I'm feeling more that I, 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 I have a sense that I don't trust like I could. And sometimes I don't even trust myself at this point, so um that's really being honest, and that's good for me because usually I say I got it all and uh, no problem. but yeah, today I have to say that uh, that I'm really dealing with that issue today, and uh, it, it's really nice to be here. <laughs> But um, the only reason I came up here is because when I came into Al-Anon, I'm so grateful for this program and it's given me my life that I want to give back what I, I got so much of. You know, That's the only reason why I'm up here. But anyway, thank you.
3: Thank you.
0: Who has eight? Somebody has eight? Hmm?
1: Yeah, I have eight.
0: <laughs> and my name
9: is Joyce.
1: And Joyce. Hi. Hi.
9: And uh, I'm a member of Al-Anon Saturday morning. Hi, group. They're everywhere. Joyce, no? would you
0: talk into the mic because yes. they're taping.
9: My sister was too short. and was, <laughs>
1: um,
9: Okay. Okay. I'm Saturday morning. I see my group members here. It's great. And also uh, Monday night adult children Al-Anon. So I'm a double winner. I have two groups. And uh, it's good to be here. And um, my question is... Were there defects which you found difficult to give up? Would you share with us about that? Well, a few. (laughs) And I won't share them all, no. But I'm going to go with, um, first of all, the defects I did have all my life was that I had a younger sister. And there are things that she did before I did. And... Whatever that character defect is, it stayed with me all our lives. And she spoke before I did t- just a few minutes ago. And that kind of peed me off. Um, <laughs> she learned to drive before I did, too. So um, I think I'm a little bit competitive, but I hide it a lot, being the oldest child in, of five. And uh, so the character defect there is um, I like to be number one, and, but I don't like to show it because, you see, I'm also an over-nurturer. So the two char- the two uh, kind of, I can hide behind those two. I am considered to be an over-nurturer, but I always get what I want out of it. Okay, And it also motivates me. Um, being Wanting to be number one, over-nurturing and teaching uh, others in my family um, what they should do with their lives. Um, and when they listen to me, what happens then is I get motivated to beat them. So then I usually achieve what I want to achieve. I think those are character defects I've been talking about. Um, what I uh, would you share with us about that? Well, I'm not doing too well because I really don't want to share at all. Um, but the over-nurturing, though is really affecting my life. And the reason why I'm used, I'm going to tell you about the overnurturing is that my daughter-in-law is sitting behind me, and she said, "What question did you get?" And I said, "Which one should I share? Should I mean, you're over-nurturing? <laughs> <laughs> and she's never said that to me before. So now I know why I got up here to share. Um, and I have been given a lot of, uh, opportunities to overnurture. I have had six children. A lot of people have six children here this weekend. I've been listening to speakers. And three of them are my own and three, three of them, um, were chosen and through a second family. And I love all six of them very dearly. And I guess what I've just been told is that, uh, I overnurture. And I have looked at it all and, uh, Elena has has really helped me to, um, understand why I have done that and the need to hide behind nurturing others. And in Al-Anon, although I've been in quite a few years, I haven't done all that much service work because I'm afraid to get back in that pattern. And I have to know my boundaries. And so far, I haven't overstepped those boundaries in service. And I'm afraid that might happen to me. So I kind of look away when I'm asked to do something. But Nancy got me, and I'm glad she did. And thanks for listening, and have a good conference.
0: Thank you. If we had time, we would talk about the difference in caretaking and caregiving. Another one of those fine lines. Who has number
10: nine? Hi, I'm Louise from Guelph. Hi, Louise. What is your definition of humility? I don't know. I can't quite read what's written here. Humility is surrendering to God's will and letting... Go of self will. And I'm sorry, but I can't read the rest, and I wish I could, but I can't make it out. What is humility to me? Um, yeah, got my foot in that one. I think being humility is, is I don't know, it just, uh, being able to talk to somebody and and not being humble, like, Ha-ha, I'm here, now listen to me. Uh, but being able to talk to them and listen to them and hear what they're saying is more humble. But I don't know how to really... I need help, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I guess the, the, the trust and the surrender, you know... Uh, surrendering to God letting things go or letting um, myself let them go being able to say something to somebody that um, I need to get rid of I guess to me that's what being humble or humility is thank you
0: Thank you. Who has ten?
11: Hi, my name is Nicoletta. I'm from the Learning to Live I group here in Toronto. And my question is, would you share with us one of the most difficult amends you had to make? And one of the most difficult amends I've had to make in the recent past was to myself, um, when I realized that I had to separate from my husband of almost eight years. Um, I married out of obligation rather than anything else. And six months into the marriage, I really felt trapped and wanted to get out of out of it, but didn't know how. And after having had two children, I felt even more trapped. And and I had sworn to myself that they would have the perfect life and not have a split up family the way I grew up. Talking about there's a God and you're <laughs> you ain't it. I thought I was it, and I I was going to give them the perfect life. But um, I finally realized that I I wasn't even able to see myself apart from the relationship, and I I had to separate from it to to get my life, to to start my life in Al-Anon. And and I'd like to share very briefly how that happened, Um, that I had a dream shortly after my separation in that I was sitting in my Al-Anon group giving birth but not to a baby but rather to myself. It was that whole feeling and uh, shortly after, after that dream I had the opportunity to share my story for the first time in my group and, and that was the experience of giving birth to myself and, and starting my life in Al-Anon and uh, uh, it, it, took very, it took a long time. It was a very long struggle to make the decision to separate from my husband because um, I felt very guilty about it. And I, I'm so grateful for uh, what uh, Bab said last night about if there's no room for spiritual growth in the relationship, try it on your own. And, and I realized that that's what I had to do for
0: myself. Thank you. Says we have to hurry. We have 10 minutes and we have 10 more questions. Would it help if you lined up behind the mic and then we didn't have to wait for you to get there and we could do them like that? Try that, would you, please? Um, Who has 11?
9: Hi, my name is Nancy. I'm from Grand Rapids, Michigan. My question is when you do step 10, is it written or oral or just mental? And how often do you do it? Um, First of all, to get to 10, I had to get from um, 3 in particular to 10. And that has made the difference on how I work step 10. Um, In the process of doing those things, I found out in working the other steps that I wasn't God. And in not being in a power struggle any longer with God, it has made it easy for me to, on a daily basis to let God reveal to me what I did or didn't do, where I fell short, because I know by now on this step that it's not my responsibility to do it, just to be an open vessel. Um, there are times I always do it mentally um, pretty much on a daily basis, just staying in communication and to see what I learned today. But there are times when I have awarenesses that it's necessary I write them down. Um, so I do always have a notebook with me, um, and that's worked real well for me. Thanks. Thank
12: I'm Don from 12 and 12 in Hamilton. Good to be here. And I, I walked in. I met the first, probably, of the adult children. and He's standing behind me, and I haven't seen him in years. And that was 19 years ago he arrived. And I think it's marvelous that he's still here, even long before adult children got started. But I'm not one of those. The subject. Is it hard for you to admit that you were wrong? And what about saying you're sorry? Hard to admit uh, feeling you're wrong? Yeah, it was like pulling a wisdom tooth. <laughs> I had never, never apologized or said I was wrong. I evaded, I twisted, I turned, but never said it. I got to a and on and found it was the only way that uh, I was going to get myself right. I remember the first time, it was like two files rubbing together. The sound inside me was just incredible. It was just, ah, you know. (laughs) It's getting better now, because I now know when I make a goof, I see the response... I can go off in the corner or immediately start to process what's going on and realize where or what I did that was wrong. And then make a logical and, I think, reasonable statement about um, what I had done. And that means when I'm saying I'm sorry, I just don't say I'm sorry. I explain what happened to my thinking so that they understand that I'm looking at it very carefully and will very do my very best Not to repeat that particular uh, situation. I've had a lot of practice at it. I came in on March 7th.
0: I made uh, something for you to think about that was on his question is the difference in saying you were wrong and saying you were sorry. I've been wrong and not sorry at all sometimes. (laughs) I'm Anne from London.
13: And I must admit that uh, my question is, do you pray for specifics? And before I stood up here, I did.
1: <laughs> I said,
13: could you make me sound coherent and nice, please? <laughs> However, as a general rule, I don't. But that is something that I learned in now and on. Um, I learned it the hard way by praying for specifics and finding that when I got it, that wasn't what I wanted at all. <laughs> or finding out down the road that what you wanted wasn't really the best thing for you. Uh, And I pray not only for um, guidance, but also for the courage to act on it. And you probably recognize those words from your One Day at a Time book. I wrote that beside my bed because I like to start my morning with a prayer and finish my day. Um, As I have uh, things happen to me and I have a very challenging career I've just started, I say thank you, Lord. I get um, great answers from My colleagues, I get great answers from the kids I work with, and I tend to uh, see the Lord in everyone and feel that the Lord has given me some great thoughts that day by uh, listening to others. Thank you.
14: My name is Anne, and I'm also from London. How do you know the will of God? I know the will of God when I feel peace, happiness, and joy. And I feel that always in the presence of another Al-Anon member. I know it's the will of God when I can make a decision without doubt. I know it's the will of God when when he puts gifts in my path. I used to drive an old 78 Pontiac. And and then I got an 86 Oldsmobile. And, and for my whole month, I didn't feel right driving this nice new car. And I had to talk to myself about that. And uh, I went out and bought three hands, three hats to go with it.
1: <laughs>
14: I know the will of God today, and my will, his will for me is to share what I have with you. Thank you.
15: Hi, I'm Carol. I'm from Knowlton Quebec, the Brom Lake Serenity Group. Question is, is there some special form of meditation which you use? What do you think meditation is? Second half is easier than the first, right? I think meditation is the listening part. Um, it's very hard for me. I'm also, I also have a brain like a hamster, like you said. I really love that. I took this to heart, you know, meditation is important. So I got all the books and I read all about it and I tried all different forms of meditation. I even went to a, a yoga meditation group where they told us how to do it. One of the things I love about al is nobody tells you this is the way to do it. There are lots of ways of doing meditation and I've tried a lot of them. The way I listen now Sometimes I listen by sitting still and trying to calm my mind. I can only do it for a very short period of time. I live now on a pond, a small lake, and I now meditate these days by watching the beavers. We have beavers on the pond who are feeding babies in the lodge. And in the evening, we sit out on the balcony and we can see the beavers go across the pond and cut down branches. They then Drag the branches across the pond and dive with them. You know, their lodge is open underneath the water. And Steva will go across the pond and dive with the branch to bring it into the lodge to feed the babies. And and nature to me, watching nature, watching that is a way of calming myself down so that I can hear.
7: Thank you. Hi everybody. My name is Bill, and I'm a very grateful member of the Eucharistic Coalition group that meets here in the city. I have shared with us some of the times when you are most conscious of your contact with God. Well, just the other day, there a friend of mine had a newborn baby, and uh, the other year, she just kind of we just got introduced to each other, and I just was sort of sitting out in the afternoon sun, and I was holding this little five-pound little girl, and all you can say to yourself is, "Wow." Yeah.
1: Thank you.
16: My name is Laura, and I belong to North Toronto, here in Toronto. Hi, everybody. Please share with us one or two ways by which you carry the Al-Anon message. Well, one way is, the first thing is that I have to keep the focus on me. When I'm asked to do something, I have to think, first and foremost, is it for myself, or is it for my ego? And I have to keep it, it is for my well-being, being being in Al-Anon, and want to get better. I have to be at my regular, um, I have to go regularly to my own meeting, so that is basically every week. Um, When someone asks me to do something, um, I have to keep the focus for what purpose? The other thing is that um, when asked to do service work outside the group, be willing. But keep in mind, I have to keep in mind for who is it. Is it for me or is it for my ego? And I want to be at least for me, and I'm forever grateful for that, if I can keep in touch with my higher power to keep that separate. I'm a pretty self-built person, and I have to keep this in, in focus. Thank you very much.
17: Hi, everybody. I'm Gail, Hi. and I'm a very grateful member of Al-Anon. First of all, I have to let you know I didn't put my hand up. The lady <laughs> behind me tapped. To give her one. Thanks, <laughs> Ed. Anyway, on the other hand, um, mine is on Step 12, and when I heard you talk about Step 12, Lance, I thought, whew, I wouldn't want to have to define what my spiritual awakening was. And guess what my question is (laughs) from what what form did your spiritual awakening take? Oh, Lord, I have to just answer what form and I have to say I didn't get hit by lightning. I didn't have a sudden realization. It's been a very gradual thing. I've always considered myself a very religious person. God and my church has always been a very active part of my life ever since I was a very small child. But it's only in the last two years and coming into Al-Anon that I realize I'm not that spiritual and I am really struggling with a relationship with God and my faith. And so it's been gradually in the realization that I wasn't that spiritual and now just even yesterday and today realizing that it is an important part and that it
18: is becoming a part of me. My name is Bams Black. My home group is the Addison Allen Family Groups in Dallas, Texas. Good morning. I'm number 19. And before I respond, Blanche, I know this will set your mind at ease. I wanted you to know that I indeed agree with a great deal of what you had to say.
1: <laughs>
18: <laughs> uh, not that this is any of your business, but I will read this nosy little question <laughs> that you... Where is it most difficult for you to practice these principles? That's assuming that I find it difficult to practice them anywhere. Right. <laughs> and why is that, do you think? Seriously, I'm sure the question, uh, the answer for all of us in this room, or the most of us, would be the same. And that is, of course, at home. I got my sickest at home. The people with whom I lived had the most power over me. And those uh, twists and turns that make us the less than whole people we become. Those twists and turns began there and ran deepest there. I found that uh, once I, for for a great deal of my recovery, everybody in my home was in a 12 step program with the exception of the Bassett, who I finally had put to sleep. (laughs) Uh, But all the children were and my husband was uh, sober and we all were working diligently at our individual recoveries, not our joint recoveries. Or individual recoveries. Uh, when my husband left, I found that I almost overnight became a much better Al-Anon at home. Now, I don't know how to explain that, but that is indeed the truth. That's exactly the way it was. Today in my life, I'm the only one in that house who is in recovery. And I find I'm back at square one again. It is extremely difficult for me to remember who I am and what I am about, that I am about my father's work, especially when I'm home. There ought to be a place where I can take off the mask of the recovering al Each time I take it off at home, I discover that I take off a smaller mask. Thank you, God. Each day I become closer to what I would have you think I am. And someday with any luck at all in God's help, I may indeed become that person. But until that time comes, I must be ever vigilant and I must trust that God will help me one more day, not to hurt too many people too often, in the sacred confines of that home. Thank you very much.
19: Hello, my name is Charlene and I my home group is a Sunday step meeting in Montreal. And my question is, do you feel that we work the steps once each and are finished or that we work them on a continuing basis? Explain. And I've just finished my fifth year of university. So these explain questions on exams kind of a little, a little.
1: Um,
19: and it's interesting, you always get the question you need because this is something that I've just kind of worked on myself. I, I was raised in Manitoba, al and went there for several years and I went to a, a really good, strong, service oriented group. And, the first couple of years, I worked really hard on these steps because I was living with active alcoholism. And then once I separated from my alcoholic, I kind of just warmed a seat at the meeting every week because it was clear sailing and I got myself real busy in university and all these sorts of things. And so my, I'm sure I can call it recovery for the next couple of years, but my attendance at Avanon consisted of that kind of a thing. And then I moved to Quebec only a year ago. I didn't know too many people and didn't have a sponsor right away and realized that, oh my goodness, I hadn't been doing this on a daily basis and I lost my serenity completely. And I've always kind of seen that there's a 13th step, a 13th tradition, a 13th concept, and it's God granted me serenity, but I need to work all of them in order to feel that. And I lost it completely. And then after realizing that, oh, the reason you lost it is because you weren't doing this on a daily basis. And then I realize that each night as I do a tenth step, if something makes me feel uncomfortable, regardless of what I think it is or isn't, I go right back and I do four, five, six, seven, and eight, and nine on the whole, every single day. So I find that the steps are not 12 separate individual things that you work on separately. They're interwoven, and I can't do one without the one before, the one after, and three or four previous, and it's just a, a blending of something that I do on a daily basis. So... Yes, I do them (laughs) often. Thanks.
20: Thank you very, very much for your participation. This has been a very wonderful workshop for me. I learned so much from you. Uh, It's ironic in that you should speak of um, uh, the grief work that you're doing because I have found in the past year that I have really had to go back over the 12 steps and I feel that in the past year uh, the release that I have found by going doing another inventory by sharing more and more and purging myself uh, and what you've had to say has been so beneficial to me I wish I could remember everything or had written down everything you have said and I'm sure I'll remember it through through the day as I'm sure all of us will. You're a wonderful teacher and I'm sure your, your students must just love you. Thank you so very, very much.